We're in a series called Pursued where we're looking at a specific story in Scripture about an Old Testament prophet named Hosea who was told by God to go and marry a prostitute who would continue to be a prostitute and would continue to be unfaithful to him. And through this prophet named Hosea's pursuit of this woman named Gomer that he loved so much, we get to see a snapshot into the heart of God and see how much he loves us and how much he pursues us no matter what. How much he pursues us with his love for relationship. How much he pursues us in the depths of our sin. And just how much and, how, and the links that God will go to in order to win the love of his people. If you're here for the first time, thanks for checking us out. You can go to our website and hear the first couple of weeks of this series. We're closing it out today. It's all based on the book of Hosea in the Old Testament. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now, going up the aisles. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. The ushers will give you a Bible. If you don't have one, that's a gift to you. It's yours to keep. If you would just like to borrow it, read along with us on the screen as I share from uh, the scriptures today. You can do that and then leave it in the back on the way out. So here's what we've discovered the first couple of weeks of this story, this series in the book of Hosea. We discovered that. God deeply desires to be in relationship with us. It's a deep desire that, that's been in the heart of God since the beginning of time. That he desperately desires a relationship with me and with you. But we mess up. We make mistakes. We, we don't do everything right all the time. And so we discovered last week that no matter how far I run from God... He will come for me. He will come and find me. He will continue to pursue me no matter how far I go away from what he wants. No matter how many mistakes I make, he will pursue me because he longs to extend his grace to me. And grace is simply this. It's the unearned favor of God. It's God saying, you haven't done a thing to earn it. You haven't done a thing to deserve it. But because of my love for you and my longing to be in relationship with you, I forgive you. I will give you favor. I will give you something that you don't even deserve. And he illustrates that perfectly through this story of the Old Testament prophet Hosea, who he asked to go and marry a prostitute who was going to continue in that lifestyle. And in the book of Hosea chapter 3, there's this episode where Hosea goes to get Gomer out of the arms of another lover. And God said this to Hosea, go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. So at this point in the story, Hosea has gone wherever he needed to go to get his wife and love her again, even though she'd messed up, even though she had made mistakes, even though she didn't deserve it, he goes to get her. And if you continue to read through the book of Hosea and you continue to see this mirror of Hosea and Gomer's relationship mirrored in our relationship with God, God starts to get a little 
upset at his people, at the nation of Israel, at his chosen people. He, he, he starts to go through some, some emotions that God shares very openly. Actually, it sounds like he's really ticked off when he says this in Hosea chapter 9. He says, worshiping foreign gods has sapped their strength, but they don't even know it. Their hair is gray, but they don't realize they're old and weak. So they were far away from God and they didn't even know it. I've met people like that who are far away from God and, and life maybe is going great for them and everything's great on relationship front, on the money front, everything's going just fine and they don't even realize the desperation that exists in their soul. That's what God is saying. They think they're strong, but they're not. They think they're young and vibrant, but they're not. They have no energy and they're old, they're gray, they're wearing their souls out, and they don't even know it. And evidently, this upsets God. Evidently, this angers God. Because he says this in chapter 13, verse 7. So I will come upon them like a lion. Like a leopard, I will lurk by the path. Like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them and rip them open. Like a lion, I will devour them. A wild animal will tear them apart. Yikes. I mean, if God starts saying stuff like that, it's like, look out, the lightning bolts are on their way down. He's really upset. Why would God be so upset with his people that he's, he's willing to threaten them? They're doing whatever they want. And God says, you know what I ought to do? I ought to rip you open like a mother bear would rip somebody open who tries to harm her cubs. And then that gets into thinking about, well, wait a minute. I thought God was this God of love and it didn't matter. Any, not, nothing matters. I can do anything I want. And he's just going to wrap me in a warm blanket. I thought that was God. That's the God. Donnie, preach about that God. That's the one I want to hear about. Not the one that is ready to wipe a bunch of people off of the face of the earth. When we get into talking about God's discipline, oftentimes people misunderstand God's discipline. Especially in light of our world where really bad things happen. Where really bad people do really bad things and harm innocent people like we've seen in the news over the past week. Every time that happens, I turn on the news and I'm watching, you know, the obsessive reporting over and over and over again. And they go and find some guy that's got holy man, preacher, pastor, reverend, whatever by his name. And I don't know where they find him. But they end up saying things like, well, I can tell you why this happens. Because God's wrath is being poured out upon our country specifically. Which really means the people I don't like are in charge. You know, no matter, no matter what side. That's what they're saying. And they're trying to say that. These bad things are happening. These children are dying. People are getting injured for life. 
because God's upset with us. And I have to be honest the the very human side of me comes out when I hear that because I, I really want to punch them in the face. I'm thinking, let's just have a pastor throwdown right now. I could probably take him. Seems a little weak. I could probably take this guy. Because God weeps with every person who's hurt, with every person who loses their life, with the family that's left behind. God weeps. And the reason bad things happen, like what we just seen in the news and continue to see is because we live in a broken world and in a broken world, bad things happen to innocent people in a broken world. Things happen that make absolutely no sense. And we live in a broken world though, that gives us hope because of Jesus Christ. Those of us who follow him know that he gives us the power and strength To overcome a broken world. He gives us the power and the strength to overcome the pain. And the hurt. And the confusion. So now back to the message. I don't know where that came from. So God wants to wipe his people off the face of the earth. And what he's saying is, I'm upset and I'm going to discipline you. Now, when it comes to discipline, so if it's not God just zapping people off the face of the earth, what is God's discipline and why do we need it? Well, we know that we need discipline, right? We have to have discipline in our lives or nothing would make sense. There would be no rules. It would be mass chaos. There must be discipline. Occasionally, somebody will come up to me, not anybody here, of course, and they'll say, we don't discipline our children. Now, inside, I'm thinking, I know you don't discipline your children. I can tell you're not keeping a secret, right? If you're a teacher, can't you tell the difference between the ones that receive discipline and the ones who don't? Human beings need discipline. We have to have it for life to even make sense. We need boundaries. We need to understand, hey, there's things I can do and I can't do. And certain things, when I do them, I get in trouble. There are consequences. So God is describing in very graphic terms what his discipline may look like if they don't change their ways. See, discipline is not, if you have kids, it's not fun to discipline your children. If it is, you got a problem. But you want to, like when they do really stupid things, you want to say, I'm going to wipe you off the face of the earth. You're going to wish you'd never been born. And tell the truth, parents. You've thought those thoughts, haven't you? Right. So discipline is not, it shouldn't be something that you enjoy, but it has to happen. Here's what the New Testament says about discipline. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10 says, For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline's enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So what did discipline look like for God's people then? Well, God's people chose to worship other gods, chose to worship idols, 
when they were on their way to this promised land that God had brought them out of slavery in Egypt to go to the promised land. And all of those people started to worship other gods. God's getting upset by the minute. So he says, my discipline for you is going to be that you will wander around for 40 years in the desert. A couple generations will die off before you get to go into the promised land. So if you feel like I'm just wandering aimlessly through life, well, maybe you haven't found direction yet, but maybe God is saying, I want you to feel empty. I want you to wander. I want you to not be able to handle what's going on because that's the only way some of us can get to where we're fully relying on God for sustaining our life. Maybe he wants us to feel empty sometimes so we can realize the only way I'm ever going to get full is God. And while it's painful to be empty, it's painful to go through difficult times. If those move us closer to being in this relationship with God, to him, it is worth it. The same way it's worth taking care of the backside of our, of our children so they don't run in the street. So they don't harm themselves. Not to cause anybody pain, not to hurt anybody, but to do what's best for them. That is what the discipline of God is all about. In chapter 11, verse 4, God says this about his people. I led them with cords of human kindness and with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek. I bent down to feed them. See, God is speaking as from the position of a jilted lover, of someone who's been betrayed, of someone who knows the relationship can be so great if they would just stop and turn around, if they would just stop the betrayal. It could be so much better for them. And I fed them in the desert. I bent down and I interacted with them because I love them. And when God starts to say that, he moves on later in chapter 11 and he says this. So I will not carry out my fierce anger. So he's not going to rip them apart like a bear. Nor will I turn and devastate Ephraim. That's just another way to, to say God's, his people, Israel. For I am God and not man. The Holy One among you, I will not come in wrath. And God is saying, although I want to destroy you, although I want to, and that's what you deserve, I'm God and I don't think like you do. I don't, I, my mind doesn't work like the mind of a human. I'm God, I'm holy, and so I'm not going to come in wrath because I believe that you can be so much more than what you are. So God extends his grace, favor that we don't deserve. And God also extends his mercy, not giving us what we do deserve. I, I was kind of shocked in the first service when I told this story. My kids, who are both driving now, were sitting right in the front. But I told it anyway, and they came up to me afterwards, and I explained, like, hey, I didn't know Jesus when that happened, okay? You have to understand, you know Jesus, all right? But when I was a teenager, I was driving along at 91 miles an hour in a 45 zone. Not good. Police officer pulled me over. All right, if you're a teenage driver, don't do that, okay? It's really stupid, okay? But I was doing it. Got pulled over. First thing, the cop comes up to the door and he says, come back to my car. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. All I can think of, my dad's going to kill me. 
I'm, tr- I'm going to die. I'll never drive again. He sat me down in the front of his car, so it wasn't quite as scary. And he talked to me like a drill sergeant, like right in my face, pointing his finger at me, telling me all these things about driving fast. And he had a teenager and uh, just let me have it. And I, I was a tough teenage boy and this little tear started. It's like he was scaring me. It's like, I'm going to jail and he's talking to me like I'm a, a dog. I'm in trouble. And he saw that I started to break a little bit. And he said, I'm going to give you a warning today. You deserve a ticket. I'm going to give you a warning. That's what God was saying to his people. You deserve to be wiped off the face of the earth, but I'm not going to do it. And I'm not going to do it because of my grace. And I'm not going to do it because of my mercy. Because God was not pursuing them to destroy them. He was pursuing them to be in a relationship with them. And it's the same with you. He sees you so much more than what you are now. And if there's a lot of wrong things in your life, it's not because God wants to get you or to make you unhappy. Nothing could be further from the truth. God wants to pursue you to be in a relationship with him, extend his grace and mercy because you can be so much more. God doesn't prevent you from being all you can be. He encourages you. He enables you to be all that you can be. And you might be thinking, you don't know me. I've really messed up. I've really made some big mistakes. If, if you're taking notes, this is the big thing to write down today. God pursues me because he knows I can become so much more. And so he tells the nation of Israel this. He says, I will be like the dew to Israel. He will blossom like a lily. Like a cedar of Lebanon, he will send down his roots. His young shoots will grow. His splendor will be like that of an olive tree. And what God is saying, if you, the, the whole culture in which this was written and read originally was a very desert, arid culture, the climate. And the dew in the morning brought refreshment. And it quenched thirsts. And God is saying, you are going to be refreshed like the dew refreshes the desert in the morning. He says, you're also going to be like a lily. You're going to blossom. You're going to grow. You can do so much more. You're going to be like the cedars of Lebanon, which is like us saying, you're going to be as strong as an oak tree. You're going to be able to stand up under pressure. You're going to be able to get through life with strength. That's what God is telling his people. And he says, you're going to be like the olive tree, meaning that you're going to spread out. And you're going to have influence in the world. And God is trying to say, I'm not going to come in wrath because I believe that you can become all of these things. And so he pursued them to make them all that they were created to be. So to us, he pursues. But he doesn't do it through new truths revealed by some odd prophet that shows up every now and then. He does it through his son, Jesus Christ. That's how he pursues us today. That's how he reveals truth to us today. And if you don't know what all that means and you don't know what we mean when we say Christ follower and and when we say give your life to Christ and you don't understand all that, know that that is what people who follow Christ believe 
that God pursues us with is a relationship with Christ so he can make us all that we're created to be. This story from the Old Testament illustrates through when, when Gomer walked away from Hosea, he had to go buy her back. When we walked away from God, when humanity walked away from God, he was willing to do anything to buy us back. The word used in this story is redeemed, and that just means to buy back. So Hosea went and he redeemed Gomer and set her free. Free to be his wife, free for them to have a healthy marriage. Although she deserved to be abandoned, mercy prevailed. And it's the same with us. You may think, I've done, I've done too much. I've messed up too much. I've made too many mistakes. Things are just too crazy in my life. God could never really accept me. I just, you don't know my past. And God says, because of your, me redeeming you, because of your redemption, your past doesn't have to define who you are. You don't have to be held down by it. And that's what he's trying to say through this story of Hosea and Gomer is you don't have to be held down, Gomer, because you're a former prostitute. You can stop that and move on and be free. And God says to us, you don't have to be held down by the mistakes or whatever happened to you in the past. You can be free because I have redeemed you. God pursues us because he knows we can become so much more. So the last time we hear about Hosea and Gomer's relationship in scripture, after he had extended grace and mercy to her, this is what he tells her. You're to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man. And I will behave the same way toward you. We don't hear anything else about their relationship after this, but we don't have to. We don't have to because that tells us all that we need to know about God. A God who is willing to say, I'm never going to give up on you. There's no way. It's not going to happen. And no matter how far you've gone, I'm going to pursue you because I want that relationship with you. And because you can become so much more. And as we wrap up this series about being pursued by God. I'd like us to all end with singing together a song about how God will never give up on us. Let's all stand and the band's going to lead us in one last song in this series. Mm -hmm.